You're listening to Once, Episode 2, The Thing You Love Most. Welcome back to another episode of Once Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Dan Flynn. And we are excited to bring to you episode two, talking about the second aired episode of Once Upon a Time, the TV show. Episode two is titled The Thing You Love Most. And this, uh, we're still coming at this, and we'll be honest, we're coming at this from the perspective of we've already seen the next few episodes. But you listening to this may not have seen the next few episodes, so we're going to keep this spoiler-free as going, much as we can. We're going to try. <laughs> yes. And we're going to just look at things as a, like sandboxing, just this individual episode. But we would love to have your feedback. We're still recording these episodes right now before the podcast is officially launched, but you can send your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 and leave a voicemail there. And if you send us an email, you can send an audio file or call in that number. Keep your feedback to fewer than two minutes, and that would be great. We, you may be edited for clarity or brevity. But let's get talking about this episode. First of all, let me read the brief synopsis of this episode from tv.com it says regina tries to force emma out of storybrook and out of her and henry's lives permanently meanwhile it is revealed how the evil queen released the curse upon the fairy tale world initial reactions well not quite initial for us but what did you guys think of this episode being that's episode two try not to compare it to episodes three four five and six (laughs) (laughs) we'll try i thought that it was a good it was almost as though it completed the first episode gave us more background on the curse and took things a little bit more in depth they did a little bit of recap yeah yeah definitely explained some things that we were had some questions about in the first episode mm-hmm. i i thought it was cool to see why like when i watched the first episode i see that the queen says this is your last day of happiness and then she doesn't actually enact the curse until like nine <laughs> months later <laughs> it's like no this is your last day of happiness no, well yes no, <laughs> except they hadn't had it they didn't get any peace after that because of what she said yes. and what they knew she was doing but it took her about nine months we could assume to <laughs> we why, hope why to nine assume. Mo- oh because <laughs> emma baby. right yeah Right. That's how long they take to bake. So possibly more than nine months. Or yeah. So possibly. Yeah, very likely. But it was interesting to see in part two or episode two here, <laughs> the thing you love most, how she then started the curse. So she went and proclaimed to everyone that there would be this terrible curse and she didn't <laughs> even have it yet. <laughs> but it was cool then to see how she developed that, how she got it, what she had to do. She thought she had to it. get there. She thought she had everything that she needed. Yeah. She took that speak now or forever hold your peace thing very seriously. <laughs> so it wasn't really why they shouldn't be married, but it was kind of like, I'm going to speak now. And So let's talk about the characters. We're assuming that you, our listeners, 
are familiar enough with the episode that we don't have to do a full recap. But let's talk about the characters. And just if there's a character that stands out to you guys, just jump out and say something. Uh, I was thinking in terms of the order that we started seeing different characters in this, where we saw uh, Dr. Archie Hopper, uh, Red Riding Hood, Mr. Gold, uh, of course, the Queen, and um, we see the mayor in modern life. In old time, we see Maleficent, um, the Queen's dad. We see Snow White in modern and old time. Well, mostly modern. And, of course, the other core characters, Emma, Henry. Let's talk about Archie Hopper. Did we see in episode one, the pilot, did they make it obvious that Dr. Archie Hopper was uh, Jiminy Cricket? They did. Okay. They they did a direct, I think they did a direct scene jump from Dr. Hopper to That's Jiminy Cricket. Right, yeah. they, did a, they did a quote comparison. I think they actually said that he thought that. He's that also, Henry thought that. Yeah, it's Henry's the first. Uh, basically, he's the first one that Henry classified, I believe, when they arrived in Storybrooke, that he was supposed to be Jiminy Cricket. Oh, you're right. I think that point was driven home a little bit more when Henry was in the office with Dr. Harper. Hopper. 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 <laughs> I could tell you wanted to say that earlier. Yeah. You know, that umbrella is kind of my good luck charm. So, why you think of Jiminy Cricket? I don't think you're anyone. Ouch. Yeah, it's a little (laughs) bit painful. (laughs) But it does make me wonder, what is it about all of these people in Storybrooke that is enabling Henry to connect them to characters in the fairy tales? Maybe he's just observant. Yeah. (laughs) He, He thinks maybe it's the umbrella. Maybe it is actually the umbrella. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's because... Dr. Hopper, the name, you know, some of these things. I think it's funny too. Like usually a kid grows up and thinks his mom or dad are like superheroes or, you know, have, um, explain like what their dad does at school day, things like that. Here, Henry definitely takes a different twist and (laughs) calls his mother the evil queen of, (laughs) of everybody. So it's definitely quite opposite of the normal childhood. And yet he's, he's kind of got both. He's got that. And then he's got his real mother who kind of is the hero of the town. He brought Mm -hmm. her back to save everybody. Well, yeah, that, yeah, of course. Of course. I think uh, it's interesting to see how Dr. Hopper was played in this. He was used in a couple ways and he kind of goes back and forth in his loyalties because he participated in the framing of, uh, of Emma and then later he's sorry for it. And then later he wants to help Emma and Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of back and forth that we see with the character of him. Maybe that's why he gets the name Hopper. He hops back and forth. Uh, Anything else that stood out to you about him um, besides some of the things that we might've seen in his office? Not a whole lot. No. Uh, we see again Red Riding Hood in bright red as she always is, and she's just simply working at Granny's. We still haven't learned much about her yet, just that she works there. I'm still interested to see if the wolf links to her too that stopped Emma from leaving Storybrooke. Mm, yes, 
I think I'm not going to give anything away, but as we get into conversation with later episodes, there's something I'm looking forward to sharing about uh, the wolf um, in later episodes. It occurs to me that in their real world, Red Riding Hood's story doesn't actually seem happier, perhaps, than the life she's living in our world. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, my, my grandmother got eaten. Yeah. But I want to go, I would, you know, that that was where the happy endings are. I don't even know. <laughs> so that could be, that'll be interesting to see how they treat her story since they're kind of making them prominent-ish. Mr. Gold now had Gold. a very, a very small part, but very important part at the end of this. And it seems from his dialogue with the mayor it seems like he knows what's going on because there was the scene in the prison where the queen, evil queen comes to him and asks him what's going to happen. And he makes her make a promise to him. In this new land, should I ever come to you for any reason, you must heed my every request. You must do whatever I say, so long as I say, please. So he's set himself up with a deal with the queen that she gets the curse, he gets comfort, and he gets power in the new world. And what I cut her off from saying is that she says, you realize that if this works, you're not going to remember any of this. But he does remember or Or so it it seems it seems yeah i i was a little surprised she fell for that because he's like "Eh, so what's the harm like fine like okay basically (laughs) kids we've learned don't do deals with rumpelstiltskin (laughs) (laughs) that'll be the whole theme of the series if you meet a rumpelstiltskin don't deal with him (laughs) cards deals used cars anything i'm guessing that he has some kind of magical powers still i mean he had the magic to make this curse in the first place we assume because you think he made it well we know he got it but we don't know i mean the queen got it from him he got it from him i'm not sure he's the originator of it and he knows all about it he does but originally we thought the queen was the originator of the curse and then we thought oh maleficent is well we haven't gotten to her just yet right but then it's like, no, it's Rumpelstiltskin. And I mean, they can bring anything in in the future episodes of where this curse actually came from and if there's True. more to it. Yeah. So Rumpelstiltskin, though, it seems that he has some kind of magical powers because he can see the future, other certain things. So maybe he's got the ability to cast a spell on himself to make himself immune from forgetting. Mm-hmm. And that comes out, I think, a little bit in that uh, his memory or that he... It seems like he knows something, but we don't quite yet know what it is. That comes out in a conversation that he had with the mayor near the end of mm-hmm. the episode. If Miss Swan is a problem you can't fix, I'm only too happy to help. For a price, of course. <laughs> I'm not in the business of making deals with you anymore. Did you catch that? Anymore. So, obviously, they've made deals before, but... This situation gets awkward. To which deal are you referring? You know what deal. 
All right, yeah. The boy I procured for you. Henry. Did I ever tell you what a lovely name that was? However, did you pick it? My impression here, and I want to hear from you guys too, it's like he he's rubbing in, like Henry. However, did you pick the name Henry? It's a nice name. Because he, it seems like he knows that mm-hmm. Henry is associated with great pain for the queen because that's she had to kill her father in order to get the curse, and her mm-hmm. father's name was Henry, and she named Henry Henry. He's. It seems like he's hinting at that, and then the question is, does she understand that that's why she picked it? Mm-hmm. But. It's, I was just going to say his power definitely shines in this episode a lot more. And one thing I thought was very subtle, whether it was the makeup artist or not, but when the queen came to him in the prison, his skin, I don't know if you guys noticed, but his, the first episode, it was sort of reddish and clayish. And this second episode, it's all gold. And I don't know if they Mm. just wanted to play that more because he is Mr. Gold in Storybrooke or if his power is just shining through more, Mm. But uh, he definitely has a lot more influence in the whole story through the second uh, second episode. And because of that deal that he made with the queen saying, you can do, you'll do whatever I asked, ask as long as I say please, then this happens. I'm not going to answer you, dear. So I suggest you excuse me. Please. And that use of the word please you can see it in the queen's eyes she it she recognizes it and it seems like he knows what he's doing and the power that he has she has to let him go the conversation just ends and he walks away and also in that same conversation uh, he's he shares or the queen is accusing him of maybe trying to orchestrate things and how did he find henry in the first place and he wanted all this to happen i'm I'm thinking there's some kind of power struggle that we're probably going to see. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds like they they both remember and they're trying not to let on, but they're hinting. They're doing kind of that that kind of dance that she <laughs> you see sometimes. She definitely looks spellbound too during that time. Like she could not move, um, mm-hmm. and she had that hint. Like okay, something's familiar. So that wasn't right. But it's interesting. I think Rumpelstiltskin is the only one who seems to have brought magic into the real world with his power over the queen. Mm. Mm. And, you know, that brings up a good point is, um, well, two episodes in, we haven't seen any magic from the queen, but watching this and even rewatching it, I think it's kind of obvious Oh, maybe not obvious because I had to wait until the second time. I think she is fully aware of who she is and the curse everyone is under. I wondered about that. She did remember the book and she found out that there weren't other pages to it. And she was so serious about it. <laughs> like, where are the other pages? But <laughs> I, I felt personally, I mean, I thought she maybe just wondered where the other pages were because... She, I mean, she just read up to the point where she's this evil queen. There's pages missing, and she wants to know where they were. Mm-hmm. So I think it. I think she doesn't really have a full understanding of what's going on with it. Because she even said to Rumpelstiltskin in the prison, 
you won't remember anything. But it seems like he does. He does. I'm thinking he, he created, if he created the curse, then he's going to have his oh, own yeah. loopholes. <laughs> that, yeah, if that he created could really it. If. Or if he knows as much about the curse as, I mean, if he knows, it's evident that he knows a lot about the curse because <laughs> yes. the queen had to come to him to figure out how she could use the curse. So he probably knows some kind of loophole, just like with uh, the curse, the deadly sleeping curse. And we saw that between the queen and Maleficent that she said uh, the curse was unbroken with a simple kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that kind of maybe lays an idea that all curses can be broken with something. And perhaps Rumpelstiltskin knows that how to break or to be immune from the curse. He did tell the queen that he told, um, Snow White and Prince Charming that their child was the key to breaking the curse. Mm. So, I mean, he's already played both sides and told them how to break it and here's the curse. I wonder, in episode one, he met Emma and there was that kind of dialogue, that awkward slight thing where he's like, Emma, that's a lovely name. <laughs> Have a good day, Emma. But, you know, that the awkward part. I wonder if Emma somehow triggered him. Oh, okay. So like everybody in the story, Brooke needs to be woken up somehow. And he was the first in a sense. Yeah. Or maybe it was something that he, he somehow has because he knows her name. And we've talked about this before and last episode that uh, his knowing someone's name gives him power over them. So Mm. maybe, uh, this is... That could be, but if he intentionally, when Regina wanted a child, got Henry because he knew who Emma was and he tracked her down and yeah, that's true. Got Henry, then he's known for a long time. Yeah, good point. Good point. Anything else about uh, Mr. Gold or Rumpelstiltskin before we move on? Uh, one minor thing I thought was funny was in the cave. He, when he's telling the queen how to make the curse work, he's. I forget the whole context of the sentence, but he said something you truly love. <laughs> was that a Princess Bride reference? <laughs> and he also said precious. Yes, he sounded like Gollum when he said precious. I have more of that clip too. Let me play that. What must I do to enact this curse? You need to sacrifice a heart. I sacrifice my prized steed. A horse? This is the cursed end. All curses you think a horse is gonna do he's giving the curse to the queen and we've already started talking about the queen a bit let's transition into talking about her more Uh, like i said i think she's fully aware of everything Mm -hmm. just not quite letting on like i mentioned in the pilot episode she looked at that mirror and in some way the mirror she seemed to calm herself as she was looking into a mirror in her house. By the way, speaking of mirrors, got to mention something that I caught in this as I was going back through like a once upon a time addict and watching <laughs> like freezing the frame and studying scenes carefully. I noticed that in this episode, this second episode, there's that spot where she's walking through the hallway in her castle and the mirror, mirror on the wall guy is going from mirror to mirror and you see all of these mirrors 
I spotted mm-hmm. one of them. <laughs> I noticed it. It's it looks like a sun, kind of like with radiant beams coming out of the middle of it. It's in the mayor's office. It's right there. I'll have pictures in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash two. But it's actually reversed. So uh, you see it in the mayor's office first when Emma is in there and Emma is kind of trapped into saying that Henry is Mm -hmm. crazy. That spot, when that happens, you see the mirror in there. It's on the wall to the left of Emma, to the right of the queen or kind of the mayor. (laughs) And then in the castle, it's one of the last mirrors you see in the lower right corner. It's the one next to the fireplace. Um, no, this is as she's walking through okay. the hallway filled with mirrors. It's one of the last mirrors you see in the lower right. There's about two dozen mirrors yeah. there. So one of them in yeah. every other episode. <laughs> well, actually, it's not It's not one of the last. It's But I'll have a screenshot okay. in the show notes. At and he's podcast. also the mirror who's in the mirror. The man who's, the man who's in the mirror. Um, <laughs> he's also the one who comes to the queen and he's the head of the mirror newspaper. Yes. And I didn't catch that the first time. I don't think I, I did I either. just thought, oh, that's cute. The Daily Mirror or the <laughs> Storybook Daily Mirror. And then the second time watching it through, I realized, whoa, that's the same guy. If you're going to put an actor, you know, and let's say you're going to be a face in a mirror, you're going to have to give him some other role for him to sign on. <laughs> so I think he, he had to be in Storybook. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, what she said to him, too, in that scene when he came to talk to her, he, she's like, so you found nothing of value, which means you have no value. Do you know what I do with things that have no value? I throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> like, you sure know how to make friends, lady. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, you know, that brings up a great point is that after this tension between Emma and the mayor gets even worse, Emma is talking to Mary, the teacher, or Snow White from Fairyland, <laughs> fairy tale land that oh that, yes that's yeah. <laughs> and uh this is said about the mayor what is her deal she's not a great people person how did she get elected she's been mayor as long as i can remember no one's ever been brave enough to run against her she inspires quite a bit of well fear i'm afraid i only made that worse by giving henry that book now he thinks she's the evil queen henry's right <laughs> so she inspires fear she's been the mayor for as long Mm -hmm. as mary can remember which brings back the whole time freezing yes yeah there was a conversation while henry and emma were walking along the sidewalk and he's explaining this he's saying everyone's frozen in time everyone is in a haze they don't remember who they are so why did henry grow up i've wondered that too (laughs) wait why did henry or didn't Henry, would you why say? why is he the correct age? If time is frozen, he ages. Well, Which, I guess he, it's only frozen for those people. Oh, true. But yeah, because he wasn't cursed. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's and Emma wasn't cursed either. That's how Emma can age. That's how Henry can age. And that's how both of them can leave. Yes, because um, that's why Henry is able to get Emma. Although we're still wondering why Emma can't leave with the wolf thing. Yeah, because of, yeah, it's true. True. We only two episodes in. We have yet to see if Emma will try to leave again or what happens there. But another thing along that with Emma having Henry and the um, the aging thing, they they're outside of the curse, but yet Emma doesn't know who she is. 
Well, she was left on the side of a street. Wow, yeah. <laughs> she, she has no frame of reference at all. <laughs> I guess that's true. I remember being a baby somewhere <laughs> with trees. Hearing cars. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, okay. Bad upbringing for her. <laughs> yeah, never mind that then. Unmagical Boston. What else about the queen? She has an apple tree. Honeycrisp apples. Actually. She kind of likes apples. Um, a little too much. And by the queen, you mean Regina at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Same person. <laughs> well, yes and no. Mayor Regina. Did you know the Honeycrisp tree is the most vigorous and hardy of all apple trees? It can survive temperatures as low as 40 below and keep growing. It can weather any storm. I have one that I've tended to since I was a little girl. And to this day... I have yet to taste anything more delicious than the fruit it offers. Well, now I know why the supermarkets always have the Honeycrisp as the most expensive apples. <laughs> I'm going to go buy Honeycrisps after that sales pitch. That was amazing. <laughs> They're made by the evil queen her, her, herself. She, she shows herself. up. <laughs> yes. She shows up with this entire basket. It's like, could you be more queen-like? Yeah. in your threats. I, I love how I was wondering about this all the time. I was like, oh, she's giving Emma an apple. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the great scene on the sidewalk where Emma is right about to take a bite and actually puts her teeth in the apple. <laughs> Which I feel sad because, I mean, I, I wanted to know how that apple tasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or whether it was poisoned. Mm-hmm. And See? then Henry just snatches it and says, is that, who gave you that? Your mom. Oh, don't eat that. <laughs> just throws it behind him. <laughs> like, so the kid believes that his mom's an evil queen and that her food is poison. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe bad. that she's his mom, though. True. She said that at the beginning. It was kind of funny. It was one of those moments where it almost sounded like, or at least she's doing a good job of sounding like she doesn't know anything. She's saying she cares about the missing pages from the book. She says, because you think I'm some evil queen. And that hurts me, Henry. I'm your mother. And he says, no, you're not. Mm. well it's i mean he knows he's adopted but she doesn't love him i mean we sort of got that impression from the beginning when emma asked her yes um do you love him and she can sense whether someone's lying i also like the quote when um when she goes to the butler whom she finds out uh, we find out that uh, it's her father oh yes i forgot about the butler and she says to him um talking about how you know, the heart of the thing I love most. She does mm-hmm. say the thing I love most died because of Snow White. I think that was actually to Rumpelstiltskin, but then she had to talk to her dad about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, from then on, I don't think she's ever loved someone as much as whoever that person is that died in the, in the or, past. Or, or was it a person? It may have been, but what I'm thinking too, is she can't show the love, even if she had a child like Henry couldn't even show the love because she's still dwelling on the past the the fairy tale and i wish we had jenny here um, who is more familiar with fairy tales she just couldn't join us for tonight she'd probably be able to correct us on this that's where you guys the listeners come in <laughs> yeah they search wikipedia call us nine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. zero. you could be an expert nine zero three two three one two 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 one if you have feedback or email feedback at oncepodcast.com the the thing I always remember about Snow White is the queen going to the mirror and saying, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them mm-hmm. all? And when the answer was Snow White, that's what made the queen hate Snow White so right. much. At least in the movie. Yeah. 
in the Disney I've never read the original. <laughs> so I do want to know, maybe they, this is a twist, uh, like many of the other twists they've made. I do want to know, what is the thing that Snow White took from the queen that's made the queen so, so angry now, about this? Didn't Maleficent reference the the queen having been getting ready to get married when she was about Snow White's age? Mm-hmm. When, what did she say? Snow White outsmarted her? Yeah. Something, something like that? Yeah. So I got the impression that there was someone that she loved that she was going to marry and something happened, but we don't know all of what. Hmm. Yeah. Um, The queen is a bad person. Really? And and she's she's, uh, making threats left and right. It's time for you to go. Or what? Don't underestimate me, Miss Swan. You have no idea what I'm capable of. Emma really doesn't. That's true. Now, I'm kind of surprised, although, again, we're only two episodes into this, but I'm kind of surprised (laughs) that the queen hasn't whipped out any magic yet against Emma. You think she can? But I I don't know. Rewatching this episode, I'm seeing more how... Emma is really just totally disrupting Regina's happy ending. Mm-hmm. How Regina is in control again, and she's a leader again. Everyone follows her and obeys her commands. And then Emma comes along, and people start disobeying. Well, besides her son with the fairy tale ideas. <laughs> but people start disobeying uh, subordination, and Emma is there, direct opposition. And so she's losing her happy ending. Well, moving on from the Queen, unless you guys had anything else to share. Well, I think there's going to be a lot because I think that this episode pretty much focused on her more than anyone else. I thought it was interesting when she first tried to make the curse. And by the way, I, I'm i really curious who all of those people were right. that were around when she tried to make the curse. They were those with the darkest hearts. Yes. And she needed a hair or a lock of hair from them. Well, did. How did she make remake the curse? <laughs> did how did she, she remake? Well, it seemed to be she had the whole battle with Maleficent and she took it from the top of her staff and it was a piece of paper. So it doesn't seem that it was a tangible thing other than that. It was perhaps an incantation or a recipe or something. So the rest of it is repeatable. I suppose. Okay. So you think she just had to bring the right heart to the scene. Right. Oh, okay. I would I didn't imagine. Think of it. I just thought maybe, I mean, that ogre took a huge chunk of hair out of his scalp. <laughs> I just thought she had leftovers or something. So <laughs> leftover that's, hair. Yeah. That's why I was bringing that up. Oh, I see what you're saying. What happened to all the other hair? And I do love, oh, sorry. I was going to mention the, the fact that I do love the gnome who laughed at her the first time <laughs> and then he becomes the garden gnome. It's like, oh, wow. I mean, everybody's in this storybook land. So when I was rewatching trying to get screenshots, I took screenshots as best as I could of each of those characters because I want to save it for later to trying to compare them That's against lovely. characters we might just randomly bump into mm-hmm. and not quite meet yet. And I took one of the, uh, the little gnome <laughs> and then just suddenly realized, oh, yeah. He's still stone. <laughs> we just met him. Yeah. Let's move on from the queen to talking about Henry. Uh, one thing that I've been thinking about in terms of this, where uh, everyone in the town doesn't age, 
except Henry and Emma. That's kind of convenient because Henry is a kid and the producers of Lost ran into this with um, Walt, that Walt started growing up faster than they could produce Mm -hmm. episodes. And so they kind of had a timeline there. I wonder if they've, they've then accounted for that in some way with this, that however many seasons this will go, mm. that they'll be able to work with Henry's aging. I would imagine. I think they can work with it. We don't have to see every day in their lives in the town, too. Mm. So, you know, the end of a season can still be nine months in their lives, and that'll be fine. Can I switch something and jump back to sure. uh, the Evil Queen? Yeah. Um, Found out it's a German fairy tale, the whole Snow Snow White, and that basically the queen marries a widowed king who has a daughter, Snow White. So Snow White is the queen's stepdaughter. Oh, oh this uh, the queen is Snow White's stepdaughter. So I'm wondering if something happened wait, to the... Wait, what? Did I just mess that up? I think so. Uh, the queen is, is Snow White's stepdaughter? <laughs> or <laughs> Snow White is the queen's stepdaughter? Who is who's Oh, yeah, stepmother. Step- I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> the queen oh. is Snow White's stepmother. Okay. So Snow White is the queen's stepdaughter. <laughs> what is it with fairy tales and evil step-siblings and stepmothers? <laughs> it's like yeah, if you they, ever have a step-family member, they're going to be evil. So I'm wondering if something happened to the king or something like there, because mm. that's the only reference I could find that seems to... To point to some relation to Snow White and the mm-hmm. Queen in a future, and that's one of the grim fairy tales. And we all know the grim fairy sure. tales are the true ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So back to Henry. Mm-hmm. Henry talks about he shares with Emma uh, that he's got this whole plan for how they're going to defeat the evil Queen. And he says, step one is Operation Cobra. I guess I'm getting more topical here than character focused, but I'll go ahead with this. All he shared was step one, identification. He didn't share step two or step three or any Mm. other steps after that. All Mm. he shared was step one. So Operation Cobra, identification, they're identifying who they can work with, I guess. Identifying allies, identifying who is whom. In the stories, mm-hmm. who they can trust, depending on how they relate to the the, uh, the storybook. Yeah, the covert operation, spying, gathering information, all of that. ABC needs to release the storybook in PDF form on their website. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ABC, if you are listening, that would be amazing. So, anything else in particular about Henry? Um, he removed the pages from the book to yeah. protect Emma's identity because Regina doesn't know who she is, which I don't really believe they burned in the fire. I don't know. Uh, they don't show it. And whenever someone doesn't show the viewer that, it's well, always... No, they did. Well, I mean, they showed it burn, and then they showed Emma, little baby, mother, da- you know, mother, father, and it's burning around the edges, but it never completely burned. They, they moved the camera away. Yeah. I don't know. It- so I just I mean, think the queen might find it. They could pull out the whole, oh, that one crucial part didn't burn yeah, thing, I but I really don't. hope they don't. Or the queen will find the ashes and she'll use some kind of mat. Well, the mayor. She'll reconstitute the, yeah. them. <laughs> Doubtful. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know. She might have some kind of curse. I'm with Jeremy on that, though. I hope they don't bring that Pedro back. I just, reprinto. I wish they didn't leave that slightly open in my mind. <laughs> They're probably going to leave a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. I have to get used to it. It Even Lost ended with a lot of things quite open. Mm. 
That's for Sorry, a whole another discussion. That's a spoiler for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, any, a whole other podcast. Any other characters that we want to talk about in this? Uh, Emma. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> she's a I was going to say something different. <laughs> but let, let's talk about Emma. She wears moment. awesome boots. <laughs> Those are pretty cool. They look a little ready for a fairy tale forest adventure. And she gets pretty mean cutting down. <laughs> Taking out part of it. She didn't yeah. even cut it down. She she damaged part of it. Kind of like cutting off someone's fingers and saying, if you want to keep the rest of them, stay away from me or or what I love. Yeah. Yeah. She, in fact, here was the threat that she made in return. You come after me one more time, I'm coming back for the rest of this tree. Because, sister, you have no idea what I'm capable of. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. (laughs) She's mean. She's out for war. (laughs) Which is good because the first time you're learning who everybody is and it's finally nice to see her step up Mm -hmm. to step up to the queen's or the the mayor's um, level of play. Right. But she's not quite believing the fairy tales yet. Even in her conversation with Henry and dr hopper's office she the way she's saying it it's she's like trying not to say the fairy tales and the curse isn't real Mm -hmm. she's she's trying to move past that and protect her son because she realizes that uh, the mayor is not a good mother to her son so she's not quite believing the things yet i wonder when are we going to get to that point where she does understand who she is probably not for a long time (laughs) and that was regina's big next move in response to that was actually to hurt henry by making sure she that he heard Mm -hmm. emma talking about something which ended up being that she doesn't really necessarily fully believe him yeah which she managed to fix Mm -hmm. and henry's pretty forgiving thankfully (laughs) The whole angry child thing would not be the most fun plot line you in think, the world. You think for a kid who seems to be the only one who can escape Storybrooke, that he would be running away from home more often? <laughs> <laughs> like, my mom can't come after me, but he doesn't. I don't know. He he is pretty obedient, though, despite all the beliefs he has against his, yeah. his mother, yeah. well, the mayor. That's pretty honorable, actually. He didn't just say okay, I figured out what's going on in this town. I'm going to go live with my mom. See ya. He brought her back. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting my mom involved. (laughs) I'm telling my mom on you, evil queen. (laughs) But Emma had some big moments in this um, meeting or figuring out that, well, it depends on how, where she is and believing who she is, but figuring, she seems to have, not total doubt because it was a little weird for her figuring out that Henry thinks Mary Margaret is Snow White, who would be her mother. Mm. She kind of seemed a little bit weirded out by that, which I don't think she would be. She would probably just laugh. Yeah. And she didn't even tell Mary Margaret who he thinks she is. She kept that secret. Oh, and she said, I'm not in the book. And kind of reinforcing that is uh, how she twice in this episode, she served hot chocolate with cinnamon Mm -hmm. from people who are her family Mm -hmm. so like from henry who knows somehow i don't know 
Well, he likes it too. He likes it too. It's like a family <laughs> thing. <laughs> and then from Mary as well, she likes it. And yeah, so it's it's kind of tying things together because she saw first there in the diner that Henry liked it, her son. And then she sees that Mary likes it. And right. I think that's helping to kind of make a, a odd connection in her brain. I definitely love what Jenny said when she watched uh, watched the episode with us. She's like, I bet everyone is putting cinnamon on their hot chocolate now. <laughs> made me want to do it. Actually, Jenny and I were going to watch a different episode of Once Upon a Time earlier. And she was like, you want to split this hot chocolate and we can put cinnamon on it? <laughs> <laughs> cinnamon sales are going to go up. I'm telling you, invest in cinnamon. Another cool thing too with the cinnamon, and you want to tie that in, um, you see Mary Margaret giving Emma... Um, who she doesn't realize is her daughter, um, the cinnamon, and just betray, um, betraying, <laughs> wrong word, <laughs> bestowing, <laughs> bestowing this love to someone who she doesn't realize is related. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Emma, who never want, who gave up her child as a young, um, when she was young and she first had the child, gave up the child and now is showing a love for Henry and a concern for him. Mm-hmm. So it has some great values that you've adopted from this second episode that you see this love between family members who never had a relation before. Mm. Um, and some that don't even realize they're related, but just the love of people back and mm. forth and uh, helping each other out. Mary Margaret um, bailed uh, Emma out of the, the prison, right. the cell. So Because she trusted her and she almost sounded unsure as <laughs> yeah, to why. Yeah, the un- most unsure tw- trust Just I've ever you. seen. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's great to see that, especially, in, I, I like this, uh, just the whole uh, love that they've had mm-hmm. for uh, for each other and the family and helping each other out. So we've kind of covered Emma and Mary Margaret at the same time. I did notice too, um, <laughs> I like how Regina Mills, the the mayor, well, actually, when she was the queen, she gave her prize stallion at first, and that was what she loved most. Um, when she's in the real world, and she's or in our world, and she's talking with Emma right before Henry hears what Emma has to say and runs off, you see a white stallion over her fireplace. Yes. And it's yeah. nice. It's like, she has nobody to love in this world that she's created, so she's brought all these you know, temporal mm. things into her world in order to try to, you know, fill the hole that's inside of her because they, M- Maleficent, I think, said, if you do this, you will create a hole that can never be filled. Don't do this. This curse. There are lines even we shouldn't cross. All she power comes with a price. <laughs> and I think it will take a terrible toll. It will leave an emptiness inside you a void you will never be able to fill. So be it. Yeah, I think she said a little bit better than I just did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can I just say that I think that actress did a really great job with delivering some of those lines, especially Mm. considering, you know, the setting and the type of demeanor she was supposed to. She was almost silly and nonchalant at times, but then there was just this, she wasn't just serious. There was some real, it was almost, it felt like she had experienced it. You could almost feel that. I did think to um, Regina, oh, evil queen, because that world says how, uh, you know, refers to her as her friend later. Yeah, yeah she says, you're, they have this whole battle and then Maleficent's like, why don't you just kill me? She says, I wouldn't do that. You're my only friend. 
And I like it too. I thought of like the word frenemy, <laughs> that whole word that got added to the dictionary in the last like year or so. And it says basically uh, a friend or a partner who is simultaneously a competitor and rival mm. that definitely matches evil queen and maleficent which i hope i see <laughs> maleficent in later episodes too yeah oh uh, i would i'm sure we will um are we done with characters because that what you said leads me on to something else i wanted to point out go ahead. Oh, i'm not quite done with maleficent oh. though oh, okay go ahead um i thought it was funny that in the disney movie at least we see maleficent grow vines and everything around the castle and whatever but the evil queen used that hmm. trick to threaten those with the darkest hearts because she wanted locks of their hair. Nice catch. So I guess that's a little secret those two friends shared. She must have got that recipe too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder. Did Buy Maleficent... one, get one free. <laughs> <laughs> Maleficent, I think, also uh, turned into a dragon in the Disney one. Um, she did. We should watch okay. all the Disney I... ones together too. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty and Snow White were two Disney movies I was never allowed to watch as a kid. <laughs> so to this day, I have never seen. Oh, it's sad. <laughs> oh, I've seen Beauty them, but White. they freaked me out. I just don't <laughs> remember them. Gonna... Did you catch? Go ahead. That um, Maleficent's um, scepter thing with <laughs> the golden ball on the top had a dragon mm-hmm. around the ball. I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, I thought that was pretty neat. Oh, considering good catch. her reputation her dragon like <laughs> tendencies dragon lady that's why she's like definitely still angry. single <laughs> yes <laughs> she's she contented herself <laughs> she's contented herself with a pet and now recommends it <laughs> surprised it's not a pet dragon which by the way um what's well, a donkey why not yeah no unicorn it's got oh, that's a right. unicorn it was a donkey a with donkey. a horn stuck on its head but it was a unicorn <laughs> have you noticed that every time they show the title screen um Wait, no we've only seen the title screen once right as of episode two exactly never mind <laughs> well i i can point this out it was a spoiler watch not a spoiler warning Is, yeah um there's a, a unicorn in the title screen of oh. this episode I think I did notice that. I just didn't yeah. think about it. Good catch. And uh, I missed that. I've also noticed like in pictures of the same scene in logos and branding and stuff, there are different things in the pictures. We should start there, keeping like track of characters. such yeah. things, we if might, such things should reoccur. It might even end up being cover art or I don't know. Yeah. But we'll, we'll have that in the podcast as well. So anything else about the characters? I do have a lot of other things that I took notes on. They're all going to relate to Regina or the evil queen. I should say slash evil queen simply because this episode was mostly about her. And I think the whole, the overall point of the story, because it seemed to have a bit of a moral, it's a bit of a moral driven plot. And that was all about her. Hmm. And she wants to be happy. That's really what she's going after. She wants a happy ending. And Mm -hmm. I can understand being in fairy tale land where everyone gets a happily ever after and she doesn't. She wants that. Early on, there was a clip of her as the queen saying, since when do I care about anyone's happiness but mine? Mm. Mm. And she said to her dad just before she killed him, I (laughs) think you're right. I can be happy, just not here. Right. I wonder if... Yeah, it that is weird how she she acts that way and and that she is looking for happiness. It's like she's trying to re- reverse everything where she's supposed to be the happy one and everyone else is supposed to be the one that was 
basically treated the way she felt in the story. And I was going to say storybook land, but you know what I mean? The actual <laughs> fairy tale land. I want to go on to some more topics here because we've been kind of long on the characters and we certainly welcome anyone's feedback on this. Again, email feedback at oncepodcast.com and you can send audio files that way too. Or you can call 903-231-2221 and give us your voicemail feedback on this episode on the thing you love most. A couple themes that I saw are a couple hidden things here and there, just some random topics throughout. Talking about what other characters we'll see in the future. Did you notice Henry's bedroom? All of the fairy tale pictures he has all around his room? I did not. Yeah, his room, like around his mirror, when his when Regina comes in with the book and she's so upset that she can't find out how the book ends. There are pictures all around his room of different fairy tales, uh, different characters. I see Red Riding Hood. I see what looks like Robin Hood. I see the aristocrat cats in here. (laughs) Um, Oh my. I see uh, Sleeping Beauty, uh, some other things I don't recognize. So I'll have a couple screenshots of this in the show notes. And I'm... I'm thinking everything that's on Henry's wall, we're going to see in a future episode. I feel bad for the person he comes up to and says, you're a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they're actually cats, so it's really okay. <laughs> or even worse, the three little pigs. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty bad. We do have the wolf. I don't know. It's it's going to be a little weird how we're going to be introduced to the new characters. But then we did see Jiminy Cricket. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was a cricket. He was a cricket, a so the, he didn't seem to have a being, have but, much of a problem being called a, a cricket. Yeah, but we've seen a wolf, and so I think mm-hmm. that's uh, a crossover there. And there's certainly much more, and we'll have these screenshots in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com/slash two. We have Pinocchio though too in the first episode where he says, mm-hmm. "Me and my boy." Geppetto says, "Me and my boy can build that." And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't see a little wooden puppet walking around. No, he looks like right. a real boy. Yeah, yes, he does. Yeah, he was so right. we might have a different twist on the the char- yeah, I think, characters. Um, I'm thinking Snow White's marriage was probably the last fairy tale event. Like all the other fairy tales have taken place, and Snow White's marriage to Prince Charming is the last thing. Wasn't Snow White one of the first, or the first? It was. Yeah, it, it was, was the first. Their first. So it's quite, quite neat, which I think actually Disney owns ABC or... Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that they started off with their most beloved character that they started off with all these mm. series with. So something that's familiar, something that, that gave birth to all these other characters that Disney's developed. So they started off this with something familiar, and then they can lead into whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I do like that connection that they made with something that they've made timeless. Yes. Yeah. And I do see them carrying over certain things, just like with Alice in Wonderland. Uh, it's a completely separate movie, though. They did carry a lot of things over from the Disney version of Alice in Wonderland. Some of the same styles or objects, uh, mm-hmm. methods and such. But again, screenshots for that will be in the show notes. Oncepodcast.com slash two. And if you can identify these things... That would be great. Let us know. Feedback at oncepodcast.com. What are some of the other random things that we've noticed from the episode? I'm going to throw out (laughs) a very 
Jiminy Cricket. Random. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw out a really random conjecture. Well, we were noticing, while we were watching this, we were noticing Regina's necklace that she had. Some kind of diamond shape or triangle shape. You guys had pointed that out. Mm-hmm. And then later, I thought I saw that same shape but this this is a real stretch. It was a stretch. You told <laughs> the, me this. The <laughs> handkerchief that Mr. Gold has at the end, he's got a red handkerchief in his sports jacket pocket or blazer pocket. And it's it looks like it's in that same kind of diamond shape. And maybe that's a really big stretch. She also had pearl earrings, which I didn't find any connection with. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I know that's kind of a stretch, but one of the things that I think might not be such a stretch is looking at the mayor's office as I froze frame on things. Like, uh, Dan, you mentioned that there's a horse in Mm, there. A stallion. And I mentioned that there's (laughs) a mirror in there also that's the same mirror that's in the castle. Something else I noticed, I was looking very carefully at all the decor. A lot of the decor and pictures, especially the pictures, all of the pictures in the mayor's office that I could see are mirrored images it's where, like, mm. you you know, well, it's like you cut something in half and then just mirror it. So it's like a right and a right, half. but when the one one's yeah. flip. So yeah, exactly. Huh. It's symmetrical. That's that's I guess what I'm looking for. You obviously, have more time in your hands than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of symmetrical or mirrored things in her office. I think kind of tying into this mirror mirror on the wall sort of thing. There's even a little statue, and maybe this has nothing to do with anything, but it's a head, but it has like multiple heads or multiple faces to hmm. it. Maybe it's another kind of mirror, mirror thing. Maybe it's a, something else. Or maybe it's just a statue. Yeah. <laughs> there was a plant in her office. I think it's a key plant. <laughs> <laughs> Some set designer of Once Upon a Time is listening to this and be like, oh, I left that there. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Now, I'm not sure we've talked about where the title actually got its name. I mean, you we, we kind we of rushed, <laughs> we, we rushed over it, but Rumpelstiltskin said, you have to kill the thing you love most. But there was this quote, I don't know if we have it, where he says, starts, please stop wasting everyone's time. Yeah, and just go do it. Yeah. He says, you know what you love, now go kill it. Mm. Yeah, great advice there, Rumpelstiltskin. And then the thing is, it goes into this whole thing, and she goes back, and this is when we actually find out it's her father that she's been talking to, this this old man, and she's actually, she's going, I'm conflicted. She can't decide whether to kill her father or not, and she's talking to him about it. She's not, kind of not sure whether she should say, and then he, it almost seems like he's putting her happiness somehow before himself, because he's like, mm-hmm. well, this may sound self-serving. I'm like, yeah, I would be saying some, quote, self-serving things, like, um... Why don't you think about somebody other than yourself? Don't kill me to make yourself happy, whatever. But he's just, he's trying to get her to move past her pain. And she's saying, I mean, she is a classic case of someone who is bitter and cannot let go, cannot forgive. Mm -hmm. She's saying what she, you know, Snow White, what she took from me, what she did to me, it's eating me alive and she can't let go of it. She's also, she also says something about she's going to lose her power. And I'm not sure what that whole thing is about. If she doesn't do anything, I guess she's going to lose all her power. I don't know if they mean if she means her reign or her magical power or whatever it is. And she says, they already think I'm nothing. So I, it's, I think that they already think I'm nothing thing ties into 
Oh, I can't remember which episode <laughs> this is. I'm sorry if I'm quoting ahead. <laughs> uh, that she, well, this is we can see this basically is that she's no longer a queen with a rule. Right. Her castle, what little we got to see of her castle as she walked through, completely empty, as True. far as we mm-hmm. can tell. Mm-hmm. It's dark, it's empty. Seems like the only other person there is Henry, her dad. Um, the people of the land don't serve her in any way. Yeah, respect there's, her, the little yeah. gnome laughing at her. Yeah. <laughs> there's As if there's no acknowledgement that she actually still has power or has any kind mm-hmm. of leadership or um, command over the people. Mm-hmm. And then she only had two things really that she loved, uh, her stallion and her dad, and she killed them both. I mean, <laughs> yes, she did. she's not helping her situation. <laughs> her father said, power is seductive and so is love, and you can have that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely like that quote. At least part of it is true. Power is definitely a seductive thing that leads people to do crazy things. She's probably thinking, man, if only I'd gone to Rumpelstiltskin first, then I could have still had my steed. <laughs> she mm. probably is. Uh, she didn't apologize to him. It was terrible. She actually kind of almost made it sound like she had changed her mind. She's like, she says, I just want to be happy. She's kind of like, I believe I can be happy. And then she just not stabs here. Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. she says just not here. Kills right him. Before, then she apologizes. <laughs> right before he says that too, the butler says, "I think, given the chance, we can find happiness together." But the choice is yours, Butler. Well, her oh, dad. Did I say Butler. <laughs> well, I mean, he was the butler. He, he seemed, seemed like, like a butler it. until until <laughs> yeah. she called him Daddy. She's calling him Daddy. She's All like, right. I can't decide whether to kill you, Daddy. Well, the dad <laughs> says, you know, that we think we can find happiness together, mm-hmm. and it's pretty neat because you never really you always think oh she's the evil one she's the bad guy you never really think of them having a second chance or becoming mm-hmm. the good person in the fairy tale and i thought that was neat that he had that twist where he's he's offering the option that you can live happily keep your keep your daddy <laughs> without killing him and live happily together uh, ever after it does kind of surprise me that he's so loyal to her because he mm-hmm. seems like a good guy but yeah, his job is protecting her, and he even says that to her. There's at some a reason point. behind yeah. that. Why he has to, like it's his job to protect her. Yeah. I mean, yes, father, but let's admit it. She's a little old to still be living in the house. She's <laughs> You're grounded. On. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no I more curses for you. I think he's living in her house, kind of. But yeah, and he's. Yeah, she says, oh, now you're trying to protect me earlier in the episode. And he says, it's what I do. And she says, I know you're the only one who does. Mm-hmm. And still, she's so blinded by her anger and her bitterness and unforgiveness that she's willing to kill him despite warnings that doing enacting this curse is going to create that void that can't be filled i caught three different lost references one of these we may have already seen some of them i caught too uh at the (laughs) very beginning when we see the clock move where we already know that the clock was on 8 15 previously Mm -hmm. and turned to 8 15 to 16 yeah yes uh which are numbers from lost the morning of this episode when the clock moves and the mayor sees that and she walks out to the clock and looks at it the clock goes from 8:22 to 8:23 <laughs> mm. also numbers from lost emma is staying in room 4 at granny's or was because she got kicked out because of having the felon and having the felon, <laughs> becoming a felon, yeah. there you go. having True. been twice arrested, and she could have been arrested a third time. Almost. <laughs> and then the other one, uh, 
might be a stretch. Uh-oh. And I can't. <laughs> no yeah, doubt. Me and my stretches. I've been staring at this stuff too long. Uh, Dan, you and I both saw this or thought we saw it. Is it seems like maybe the donkey wheel. Yeah, the window of the antique shop. A artisan bakery. That's what okay, it is. Okay, bakery. Right next to the modern fashion store that has yeah, the old-fashioned looking clothes. <laughs> Stuck in time way too long. It, but everyone is walking around in modern clothes. That store kind of. doesn't get business. I don't, know. I don't know. But we'll have that screenshot yeah, that actually shows that, both things. That wheel um, in the window that they yeah, walk by in a couple scenes. Yeah. Yeah. They walk past it. Well, her car is parked right in front of it. That's mm-hmm. where I got a really good screenshot of it and the modern fashion store. <laughs> well, you do have the tire boot on her car where she can't really move. So yes. that gave a nice long still. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment. That phone call. With, oh, yeah. With the mayor. <laughs> She's like, so drive over to my office. Or Slam. walk. Whatever's easier. <laughs> Perfect timing. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other lost references that you guys got? I just uh, the, caught those The three. door of Emma. I think it might have been in the first episode. I don't remember, but I noticed it in the second, too. I think we both did where her it, door s- number... Yeah, you see it a lot ...in more. the grandma's house was uh, door number four. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one other thing. Again, maybe a stretch. <laughs> Emma's room at Granny's seemed decorated with a lot of patterns, like quilted patterns kind of thing. But there's one picture that I noticed of a ship. It made me think, could that have been the Black Rock from Lost? Hmm. I have a screenshot have of that see it. with Emma's <laughs> yeah. boots. You have to show too. that to me, too. <laughs> yeah. We don't get a good close look at it, but it is a ship. And you see other pictures in the room are patterns. Was it only her room that had the ship? Yes. Okay. So that's it for that I got for it's gonna be great to go back once we watch like later episodes and go back and be like, oh, why didn't I see that? You know what? That is part of what frustrates me about the way we're needing to do this right now as we're Mm -hmm. trying to catch up is that we've already seen past what we're talking about. So there are things I want to say, oh, this is coming this is going to be important we're already kind of doing a rewatch <laughs> next episode sorry listeners yeah. <laughs> trying to do spoiler free yeah I, I, we're doing a pretty good job we are yeah, considering that we know the future <gasps> we're Rumpelstiltskins Ooh, oh my everybody call in and tell us your name <laughs> yes we want the power <laughs> but speaking of power a way that you can have power to make us popular is if you'll subscribe to us in itunes leave ratings and reviews and that really helps us to possibly even get featured in itunes or maybe we've already been featured and that's how you found us go to oncepodcast.com and click the subscribe in itunes link even if you don't use itunes if you have it please click on that link subscribe in itunes leave a rating and review and that really helps us a lot Subscribe in whatever method you prefer that's also on the site. We have other means there that you can subscribe with. And let us know your feedback, the stuff that you catch. If you want to send us any screenshots of anything, sound clips. Hey, I would love it if someone from the community would jump forward and say, I'll be willing to grab all of the sound clips for you and screenshots for you. Just tell me what you need. That would be great. But anything that you want to provide us with, theories that you want to share with us, anything. Nothing is too out there. You've heard Daniel's stretches, so <laughs> yeah. you can pretty much throw anything at us and we'll we'll take it. <laughs> yep. So send that to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903 Two three one two 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 one, 
And you can also email your audio feedback. Just when you call the number or email your audio feedback, keep it to two minutes or less. That way we can fit in because I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of feedback once we start uh, doing this live and getting more listeners. So anything else, guys? Not here. Follow me on Twitter as The Ramen Noodle. Follow me on Twitter as Dan Flynn Design. And I'm at twitter.com slash Phlegon, P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And Jenny, who couldn't be here for this episode, is at twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. So make sure that you check out the website and get the, the screenshots that we mentioned will be there as part of the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash two. And subscribe, tell everyone about the show and that will help us a lot. Now, in the great kind words of advice of Rumpelstiltskin, you know what you love. Now go kill it. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Dan Flynn. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more great podcasts like this one over at noodle.mx.